I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, USU, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hello, uh, beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of the Dateable Podcast. We say beautiful people, even though we can't see you, it's a podcast, but we hear you. We see the messages (laughs) for anyone new joining us. What is the Dateable Podcast? We are, we talk about everything that encompasses modern dating and we dive deep into the whys of people's behavior. But we have something very exciting for you all that we're going to share a little bit later is with the why comes the how. But we'll mm-hmm. we'll discuss that a little bit later. Just a little teaser for you. <laughs> Stay tuned to the end of this intro. We'll we'll tell you exactly what that is. But so many of you have reached out and said, love hearing about the wise, but now 
How do we get to the hows? Yeah, the how, how, how. But I think our listeners are beautiful people. We see you all in our Facebook group, even though maybe not physically. I love our listeners and just how genuine everyone is. I think that's the word that always comes to mind. Genuine, introspective, empathetic. Emotionally available. Humble. (laughs) All of it. All of these great adjectives. (laughs) Yes. And the way people come upon our podcast is just so interesting too. Maybe you Mm -hmm. found out about it through a friend. Maybe you heard us on a podcast you already listened to. Or a lot of you just did a random search on the internets and you found us that way. And so many of you come to us because you're experiencing a crossroads in your life when it comes to dating. Yeah. Uh, Whether that becomes getting in or getting out of something, whether that becomes just wanting a change or something you just want answers or direction or clarity. We welcome everybody from all walks of life and from all situations, all crossroads. This is why we do this podcast is just so we can all explore this crazy journey together. (laughs) I definitely think that a lot of folks come after a breakup or after a move to a new city, like some monumental shift. But I think we're going into ghosting today. We're going to actually have one of the members of our community. We love sourcing from the community, Kendra, who has posted Mm -hmm. a lot about admitting to to be a ghoster. So a lot of times we hear of the people that, you know, are upset that they're getting ghosted, but very rarely do we have the opportunity to talk to someone that fully admits and owns it and has overcome it. So we're super excited to do this episode because I think this is something that most of you have probably experienced in modern dating. What is it like 80% of people have been ghosted? In modern dating? Reported ghosting. Yes. And then the other 20% just didn't want to admit that they've experienced it. It's one of those bullshit things that we all experience. And then they had to put a term to it, you know? So now it's like a thing. You're like, oh, yeah, I've been ghosted. It's been normalized because there is a word for it. Well, fuck that. We're here to show you that there is a, a very ugly side of ghosting, especially if you're a perpetual ghoster. And having Kendra on this episode will shed some light on the personal journey she's gone through to help us through, you know, kind of the ramifications of ghosting people. And I think she's the first to admit that it's never great to ghost. Mm -hmm. But I think this did shed some light on an alternative perspective of what internal struggles someone might be ghosting. And I think a lot of times we're we're always thinking like someone's out to get us in dating. And oftentimes that really has nothing to do with us. I stumbled across a new dating term this weekend. Oh, no. And I need to share it with you. It is kind of repulsive. It is kind of repulsive. Another bad dating term, huh? I think it's really bad. Um, I saw this on the New York Post, so clearly a reputable source, (laughs) but it came up like on my Google homepage and it was roaching is the new gross trend to infest the dating world. That was the headline. Oh, no. Can you guess what it means? Do you want to take a stab before I reveal? Is that when you... Is that when you date multiple people and then leave them in the dust, basically? Like, so close. <laughs> they are, it is with that you're dating multiple people. And it's basically when you realize that, in fact, there are many other lovers. You know how, like, when there's like one roach, 
Oh and then God. there becomes more and more. So it's when the lights come on and you basically know that there's all these roaches here. So it's inspired by the ickiness of seeing one of those nasty little bugs, but knowing when you turn the lights on, there are lots of them. So maybe you think that like your person is maybe dating like one other person. Oh, or I see. I think it says that you could feel... Like you're being roached if the person is not available or present to you. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's you find out there's one person, then there's two people, and so on. So I feel like every dating term has the worst name. That just normalizes it. That is just such a gross term, too. It really is. <laughs> it, it just makes me feel things in my body that I don't want to feel. No. I'm disgusted but- by it. Maybe it will discourage people from bad behavior because it's so freaking gross and no one wants to be like, I'm roaching or being roached. Oh, so someone could be like, are you fucking roaching me right now? Yeah. And, yeah. And the other person could be like, oh, I'm am a roacher. I? That's so oh, gross. wow. This term just reminds me so much of New York. I just came back from New York. <laughs> Yesterday, it's not even just the roach itself. I saw so many fucking cockroaches and it brought me to a time when I lived in New York and there would be roaches in my apartment on a regular basis. But it also brought me back to a time where I experienced all the terrible dating behavior because New York is a breeding ground for that kind of shit. People Mm -hmm. roach all the time. And I met up with a friend of mine who is experiencing this exact thing. She's gone on four dates with a guy. They're... Things were great, et cetera. But he was never available, available. Mm. He would be like, okay, let's go on Thursday. And you don't hear from him. But then on Saturday, he's like, hey, are you free now? So she finally- fell through. <laughs> yeah. No, he wouldn't even. There's no explanation. It's just, oh. You want to do you want to hang out Saturday and said and they she said on their last date together, their fourth date, it was on a Friday night. He sent her home at like 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. after dinner it was like, oh, you know what? I think we're done. Got her a car and just sent her home. And she's like, what is this? Yes. In New York on a Friday night, he probably went to roach other women. That's yeah, what he I'm probably thinking went he's on doing. The second shift. But was it you? I think it was you, UA, that was saying that like when you were in New York, you had a friend that either was this person or dated this person that basically had someone in like every borough. Every borough. Yes. Yes. Because people like tend to stay in their neighborhoods. So mm-hmm. I had a I had a dating client who thought he could get away with it because he can be in different boroughs with different women and it'd be a different vibe. And the chances of you running into the other women would be very slim, which is true. Unfortunately, in New York, it is very true. But that is like the most quintessentially disgusting thing about New York dating. And I hope our listeners who are dating in New York can sh- shed some light on this because when I went back this last week, not much has changed because the city itself just lends itself to the bad dating behavior. Well, it's so big and I feel like you may think that people, you'll never see someone again. Although I have heard from people that live in New York, I've never lived there myself, that people do tend to run in similar circles and can see each other. But I would assume on the apps, it might be people that you're never crossing paths with. So you would probably continue to never cross paths. Therefore, Mm -hmm. it kind of excuses that behavior. So it's like, oh, well, I'm never going to see them anyways. Right, exactly. And New York has this weird reputation, right? It's got this reputation that men have so many options because there's more women than men. So they can roach, they can do all the stupid things that people do when it comes to dating. But then on the other hand, I was speaking to all my single male friends in New York, and they say the women are brutal. 
They're ruthless. Mm. They would go to, they've experienced so much rejection that they become numb to rejection at this point. Uh, a guy friend of mine told me this. He said at bars, this has literally happened to him. He goes up to a woman before he could say anything. She sticks out her hand and goes, uh-uh. Wow. <laughs> That is ruthless. Wow. No. Don't even think well, about it. Direct to the point. Not direct. <laughs> yeah, no he, inter- misinterpretation there. And he says this happened to him more than once that he's just numb to it. He's like, all right, on to the next. <laughs> so did you feel like you got ghosted more when you lived in New York versus when you lived in SF and were single? I think so. Also mm. because I also ghosted people. It just mm. felt everything felt fleeting. That was the mm. word. You go on a magical date with someone, and the next morning you wake up and you kind of are on the next train, you know? Yeah. You, you get, like don't get there's no sense of like a repetition because there's just so many people in New York that if you ghost one person, on to the next. It's like easy to bounce back. So that's why I feel like it breeds that kind of behavior. Totally. I could see the paradox of choice being really <sighs> hard there. It is such like, talk about Temptation Island. Manhattan oh my God, is Temptation yes. <laughs> Island. But damn, I'm just thinking if I were single and just landed in Manhattan, oh my gosh, just the just the damage I want to do. My favorite ghosting story happened to me anyway was also involved in the story. <laughs> and this one continues can to we baffle me because like if we're going to go from opposites to what we were just talking about in New York, I feel like in San Francisco, yeah, um, people ghost all the time, not saying that San Francisco is immune to it, but it's a much smaller city. It's seven miles by seven miles. Yes. And the bulk of people live in certain neighborhoods. So I feel like the odds of running into someone is high, yes. which should discourage ghosting. It doesn't always, but you would think it would. I remember I went on this magical date, uh-huh. so I thought, uh-huh. and I was connected to this guy on LinkedIn. We were in like the same industry. Oh, we I totally lot- forgot about that. Yeah, we are still connected on LinkedIn, which is ridiculous. But we had so many connections that you would think like you wouldn't get ghosted by this person. Mm-hmm. We had what I thought was like that date that you like share everything about you. We had a kiss at the end. We had plans set up. You to were go super out attracted again. to him. I didn't even cross my mind I would get ghosted. Yes. At all. Right. So the next day he even texted me. Like he was the one Mm -hmm. initiating, chatting. I think I had to be like, hey, I can't like talk anymore. I'm at work. I remember I opened my app on like that Saturday. This was like Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday. I opened my app. He's no longer there. And I'm like, okay. It's a little weird, but I know people have different behaviors of unmatching people if they've met up or whatever. And... Sunday rolls around and I text him. Mm-hmm. And I was just like something simple like, how's your weekend? But you were already suspecting something at that point, too. Well, because I thought it was weird that I wasn't in the app. I mean, I it did cross my mind that maybe he just fell for me so hard that he deleted his app. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that did not cross my mind. But I was, I was like, this is a little weird that I'm gone from the app. Like, I did think that was weird. But I texted him not thinking that it was him ghosting. I think I was just like, oh. I'm is everything gonna... okay? Yeah. Or not even that. I think I was just like, how's your weekend? Like I wasn't even because he had texted me all day Friday. So it wasn't that weird. And then just nothing. Okay. 
So I'm like, okay, you know, like sometimes that happens. Monday rolls around, nothing. We had plans set yes. up. So it was, we had made the plan on Friday, or, or maybe it was even in person. I can't remember. We had yes. the actual plan set up for that coming Thursday. Like we yes. had date number two in the books. And Monday rolls around, nothing. Tuesday rolls around, nothing. And I'm like, should I reach out to this guy? Like, this is super weird. So I like hit him up again. Nothing. Nothing. And then I was like, maybe like something happened to him. You know how your mind mm-hmm. always goes there? And of course, UA being the good friend she is, she's like, I'm going to get on this and help you out. <laughs> to catch a ghost. I was just so pissed. I was just so pissed because why would you set up plans with someone and then not follow through. That is no. just my, I, you just don't do that with friends. You don't do that with strangers. You just don't do that as a respectable human being. So I didn't like that on a human being level. And I didn't love that you guys ended the date with so much excitement that there was just no, I don't understand what could have possibly happened to change his mind. So I was like, I got to get to the bottom of this. And <laughs> for those of you who've heard this story before, it never gets old, right? It never gets old. <laughs> I'm very good at creating fake profiles i'm just the queen of it i did it i created fake profiles in new york to catch ex-boyfriends or to catch just to catch a predator but i was able to create one with uh it was a photoshop of a very ethnically ambiguous woman (laughs) i love that none of the photos were the same person either i basically combined photos of two of my friends who are mixed race and uh, then I created this profile that's very neutral, right? She's not, She, I think if I made her a graphic designer, like all the, it's like neutral, not, not polarizing at all. Mm-hmm. And so I created this account and I was like, okay, I'm going to find this guy. And Julie's like, no like, way in No hell. way you're going to find this How guy. No way. You? There's like zillions of people on Bubble. And so I start swiping. At first, when I start swiping, it was purely for this guy. But then I kind of immerse myself into this new girl. And I thought, huh, who else can I swipe on? So I started swiping on people I knew. No, Friends the of best mine. is she did finally find him somehow. I don't know after, how you did. How many swipes did you hour, go through? An hour of swiping. It wasn't that long. It was maybe half an hour. Surprising how fast you found him. It was. I was very diligent. I found him and I sent it to Julie. I was like, "Is this a fucker?" And Julie was like, "Yes, it is." <laughs> And of course, we match. We match, right? Mm -hmm. That is the beauty of this story, is that we match almost right away. So he's still on Bumble, is what I found out, number one. We (laughs) match almost right away, and we started messaging. So I thought, well, if they were supposed to have a date on Thursday, what I was hoping to do was trying to get him to ask me out, and I would suggest Thursday. So we started texting, but he was very slow Slow. in his responses. But... (laughs) It didn't matter because Bumble has location tracking. <laughs> Sounds so creepy when we say so it out loud. We were able to see where he was. First of all, we established that he's still alive. Okay? Yes, he was yes. alive. He was kicking. He was responding. And then second, we were able to establish whether he was at work, because which, which was in the city, or at home, because that was outside the city. So we could see throughout the day that he was traveling. So he's traveling from work and home. It's being a normal dude. So we start talking and we were 
I was trying to flirt with him, but also not trying to be too aggressive. He never asked me out, though. He never had the ask ask out. Very slow to respond. Uh, I was not able to trap him, but I trapped a few of my guy friends that I saw. And while he was really slow to respond, I remember you're like, I'm also talking to this couple right now. Oh, that's (laughs) right. You're like, they're a little more interesting than he is, actually. I might shift gear over there. But you also failed to mention that your fake person had like a 100% success rate. So you were just baffled why this guy was not taking the bait. The profile I created, again, is not polarizing. She's very attractive. Also, all different types of people would like her, including couples. Uh And and I just wanted to see, it was actually a really interesting experiment because of the week that I did this, nobody asked me out. Everyone was down this texting black hole of like, what do you do? What do you like to do for fun? There was, in fact, one guy I was speaking to that I lied so much about my upbringing and it coincidentally was also his upbringing. Like I named the small high school randomly in Fresno. Who like who's from Fresno, first of all? And he's like, that is down the street from me. I grew up I grew up next to that high school. Do you know blah blah blah? I couldn't believe it. So if you aren't getting a response you want, it's probably UA being a troll (laughs) on Bubble. Hey, first of all, I I was the best troll ever. I was very responsive. You were. You I were. was trying to take it offline. You were on it. You were on it. But I did eventually text him again and was like, hey, like if things had ch- changed for you, all you needed to say was that. Right. And I still hold that true. It's like, yes, I thought it was a great connection. The reality was we met each other for two hours. But then he never responded but back to that. No. Either, right? And I think that's the part I'm saying. It's like, I just feel like it's such a simple thing that you could just be like, hey, things changed for me. And I did find him on Instagram because we I knew who he was and it was clear that he entered a new relationship or my theory went back to an old relationship that he was never really completely out of. Right. And regardless, it looks like this person was like further along because Mm -hmm. it happened very fast. So I think a lot of times there is a lot of that going on with dating because people are just like testing out the waters. But I think you just I don't know. It's just like weird to me still that you just wouldn't be upfront with someone Mm -hmm. and say that. And I think people like to keep the option open by not saying anything. But I'm sorry, you're losing the option if you're playing those cards. Like, what is he going to do? Message me in a month? I'd be like, um, no, you fell off the face of the universe. People fucking forget, even if you're in a big city, word travels. Yes. And girlfriends talk. And if you do something shitty, they will tell their friends and you will get that reputation. Even in a city like New York, this happens too. So don't think you can get away with shitty behavior, no matter who you are. Nope. So UA is for hire. She will track down (laughs) your ghosts. It's only like a thousand dollars an hour, no big deal. But she's ready. She has the profile. But you know what? I was thinking about it because I definitely got ghosted other times than just this. This wasn't the most. This one hit me the hardest for yeah. whatever reason because it, it was so unexpected. But I've definitely been ghosted before, and the realities I can't remember any of those people's names. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, I'm with someone I'm crazy about now. It doesn't matter. Like, mm-hmm. and you just celebrated your three year anniversary anniversary which is what brought you to new york so all the people that ghosted you like they were just kind of they were you know they were on your path to get to where you need to be they were little roaches they're just they're roaches roaches. 
Yeah. I, roaches <laughs> that I don't recall names of. I just remember they no. did not need to be in my life. That's all. Get them out of here. Yeah. So how was the anniversary trip while we're on the topic? The trip was fantastic. <laughs> you can't go wrong in New York. And I feel like every time I go to New York, I just don't need sleep because you just have so much energy all the time without, you know, drugs. <laughs> it's just like, why is it? Why does it have so much energy? I will say this, though, as an anniversary trip, I wish we had done something different because we both have so many friends in New York mm. that it ended up being like a catch up with friends yeah. trip. And I didn't feel like romantic or we were connecting with each other. It was more like, hey, I want you to meet these friends and you and I meet your friends, which yeah. is nice, but not for an anniversary trip. I also, this was also an interesting observation is that, you know, we've been together for three years, but to my New York friends, he's like a new guy in my life mm. because a whole year and a half of COVID, obviously we didn't come to New York. And no. before that we were together for, you know, less than a year. So I wasn't going to bring him to New York to meet friends then. So now three years later, they're just now meeting him. They yeah. Still consider him brand spanking new to me. We've been together for a long time, so that That's was a kind so of interesting, funny. interesting because ob- of time, right? It's just yeah. an interesting observation. I could totally see that because you would like feel like obligated almost to like be with people, whether mm-hmm. and if you like went somewhere secluded, it's like just you guys. Yeah, yeah. I just want to explore somewhere, somewhere new with my partner and we can etch those memories together uh and i i gave them this feedback on our last day i was just like you know didn't didn't feel like an anniversary trip so we're gonna do a do-over we're gonna go somewhere we haven't (laughs) (laughs) this was more just like a mini vacation (laughs) i love it there you go that's the beauty is it never needs to be final i still can't believe it's been three years like i mean i've met him (laughs) from the very start i just like baffled that it's been that long like i know it has been it just like went by in a blip think because of covid yeah right i think covid just i don't know is slowed time down and it's sped it up at the same yeah it feels like it took some years away um but i will i do want to give a shout out to his friend steve who i met who has been listening to dateable on his walks in new york (laughs) and steve says hi to julie and julie would you like to say something to steve yeah i'd like to hear if everything that ua said checks out about new york (laughs) but i'm assuming you might be her source so probably (laughs) Uh, Steve is fantastic. Thanks so much for listening to the show. And it's always fun to get feedback from people who listen. I feel like a lot of my friends who listen to Dateable really love the diverse stories, the diverse Mm -hmm. perspectives. Just hearing how other people date is not only just helpful, but makes them feel like they're not alone in this whole thing. So that's your feedback. Well, that's, I think, maybe feedback we do, but we take it. <laughs> it's not new feedback. I thought feedback. you were going to be like, and we hate this part. <laughs> yeah. They really don't like, well, I mean, I definitely have friends who don't listen to any of the episodes that don't apply to them specifically, mm-hmm. which is, we've heard that feedback as well. But we will also encourage you to listen to all the episodes. Go back. Listen to all the episodes you skipped, because I bet you you'll learn more from those episodes than not. Yep. Yes. And we'll keep doing episodes on ghosting and similar behaviors because these never get old. These stories never get old. And Kendra's stories are so unique from her perspective as the ghoster that we thought that this was actually a little different than the other ghosting stories we've done. And this is related to our question for this episode, which is how do you respond to people who've ghosted you? Is there a text that you should be sending to them after they ghost. 
I personally think uh, a great way is to exactly what Julie did in that story she just told is I had a really great time. I was looking forward to Mm -hmm. our next time together. If things have changed, just please let me know. And I will totally understand, but would love a response of some sort. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that is a good way to approach it. People always say, like, should I even reach out? Should I not? I think, first of all, you need to make sure you are being ghosted. I think sometimes, like, there is, you know, changing gender norms all the time. Sometimes people are waiting for things to happen, and maybe the other person is waiting, too. So first step is make sure you're actually being ghosted. If you send a how was your weekend going or some sort of question text and they do not reply, and enough time goes by, maybe not like 20 minutes, but a day goes by, you can maybe assume you're being ghosted. Mm -hmm. So first step is make sure you are. Also having the confidence to be like, if someone's going to ghost me and they don't want to be with me like that, I want someone that can communicate well, that's important Mm -hmm. to me in a relationship. And this person is basically showing me they cannot, because they cannot have that conversation that things have changed for them for whatever reason. So I've definitely sent a text to someone that was like, I had a really great time with you, like keeping it upbeat. I'm looking for someone that is like communicative and responsive. Mm. I don't know if there was a miscommunication somewhere, but if not, best of luck. Like basically closing the loop mm-hmm. and tell it, giving them an opportunity because there's always there has been text glitches or whatever it might be. I've definitely had that happen before. So it's not like that couldn't happen, but you're kind of giving an opportunity for someone to be like, oh wait, like this did get messed up. Mm-hmm. But you're not going into the text like trying to change their mind or do anything. It's kind of just to be like, I like to send it because I'm like trying to, you know, help humanity every ghoster at a time. <laughs> that like this isn't okay. And some people might say like you don't need to send any text. And I think ultimately it's up to you. I don't think you're gonna get like a different response when you send something like this. More of saying, I recognize what you're doing and mm-hmm. this is not okay. And like you should think about how you're affecting other people. And that's important to note is that send this text without expecting a response back. That is yes. like the most important part of this piece because do not sit by your phone waiting for any sort of response. More times than not, they're probably not going to respond. But what you are doing is letting them know what they've done, and that you acknowledge what they've done and how it's affected you. And even though you don't know how it's affecting them, they saw that message and yeah. they will have to think about it. And hopefully they'll do less of it because they nobody wants to get a res, get a message like that right calling them out no. like that so just so you know you might not get a response but you are planting the seed in their head hopefully minimizing their bad dating behavior in the future Absolutely. And I think ultimately, you don't want to be dating this person that can't communicate anyway. So definitely don't go in thinking that you're going to change them. People say like, I don't need to send that message. And I think that's valid. If you don't, if you really can move forward without sending the message, the the action and the outcome isn't going to change at all. It's more of just getting it off your chest. I'm personally the type of person that likes to get it off my chest so I can move forward. So it isn't, I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for myself. But again, that's a personal take of what works for you. Yes, yes. And don't go into it too aggressively and don't try to blame them or attack them. You're just shedding some light on how you feel and acknowledging what they've done. 
And we That's talk all. about it in the episode too of like what the definition of ghosting is and a lot in is an intimate uh, relationship. But at least in our opinion, just interactions on a app that you haven't met the person doesn't qualify as that. Mm-hmm. So I personally don't wouldn't send that unless it was someone I had met in person. Yeah. Cool. All right. Shall we move on to announcements? Our big announcement? Yeah. (laughs) So we talked about the why, why, why. This is how we intro every episode because we want to get to the bottom people's behavior. But then once you figure out the why, how? How do you implement the learnings? How do you get people to change their behavior? How do you change your own behavior? And we've been working on something for the last few years, believe it or not. COVID really lit a fire under our asses to get this in in order. (laughs) We truly feel like we cracked the code on love, believe it or not. And we've tested this out on ourselves. Obviously, the two of us are in loving relationships. And it's because we've implemented some of the learnings that we've been collecting for the last five years. And cracking the code doesn't exactly mean hacking the system or shortcuts to love. It just means we figured out step-by-step approach to building up your confidence, building up this feeling and atmosphere and this life where you can create and find the love of your life. And we truly, truly believe in this because we've seen it for ourselves. We've also seen it for some of our members and listeners. So a couple ways to get all the announcements. Sign up for email list. Go to datablepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at datablepodcast. Join our Facebook group, Love in the Time of Corona by Datable Podcast. Those are the three <laughs> places we will mm-hmm. be making the announcement first before we announce it in other channels. Awesome. So the how, 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 here we come. Oh, we've been keeping the secret for so long. I'm so glad that we can finally let it out into the universe. Feel it, the world. <laughs> yes. Okay, let's get into some of our sponsors this week. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It is no surprise Julie and I are huge fans of therapy, especially online therapy, and BetterHelp can do exactly just that. They match you with your own licensed therapist and connect you in a safe and private online environment. I was able to start communicating with my therapist in less than 48 hours, super fast. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. Their licensed professionals specialize in everything from stress management, uh, anxiety, trauma, dating, and grief. We at Dateable wish for all of you to live a happier, more wholesome life, and we think therapy and prioritizing your mental health will accomplish that. So as our listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash dateable. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E. This episode is made possible by Lugs. Amidst the golden age of the 90s, Lugs found its footing as a leader within the footwear and fashion space. Priding itself on quality materials and supreme comfort, the brand never wavered with the passing of trends. Whether you remember the brand's early appeal within the hip-hop culture or the countless celebrity endorsements, one thing remains the same, Lugs' distinctive style. Julie and I both have a few different styles of Lugs shoes ranging from their iconic boots to their canvas sneakers. Even though they're 
so different in style, one thing remains the same. They're all so comfortable and light. I love my flirt high zip boots that I can wear with cute summer dresses and my canvas sneakers go so perfectly with my jeans and t-shirts. Fun, comfortable, everyday wear, realistically priced and affordable. So go treat yourself. You can never have too many pairs of lugs. Exclusively for our beautiful listeners, get 30% off full price items now by going to lugs.com and entering the code DATEABLE. Again, that's L-U-G-Z.com and entering the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E for 30% off full price items. Okay, let's hear it from Kendra, a reformed ghoster. Julie, don't you just love sourcing guests from our community? Absolutely. It is the best funnel (laughs) for guests. And this is a topic that we've been wanting to cover for a long time because we often hear about the ghosty, the person who gets ghosted, right? And of course, nobody likes that, but we never hear it from the ghoster. (laughs) We're turning the tables today because we have someone here who is a self-proclaimed reformed ghoster. So we'll see how reformed she is, but she is from our community. Her name is Kendra. She's in her early 30s. She's currently in Chandler, Arizona. Moved there six months ago. She's a new homeowner. High fives all around. Yeah. Uh, And technically from Illinois, but you you moved to Arizona when you were small, so you probably (laughs) don't remember much of Illinois, but she's single and actively going on dates. What's up, Kendra? Hey. (laughs) Well, you know, everybody has their stereotypes of what a ghoster looks like and acts like, and you do not fit that stereotype. I would have never guessed, (laughs) which just means that everyone is guilty. (laughs) It really does. So tell us about Kendra. You've admitted to being a serial ghoster. Many posts in the (laughs) Facebook group around this. Can we hear maybe like one or two of your, you know, ghoster stories when you were the perpetrator? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I actually, I have two that kind of stick out in my head. Um, But And both of them, they they called me out on it, which I feel like Mm. is why it probably stuck out. But so one of them, I had gone on a couple of dates, I want to say two or three uh, with him. And he was really nice. It just wasn't, you know, there wasn't that deeper connection that I was looking for. And uh, I feel like those were the times where I was most likely to ghost when I, I can't come out and be like, oh, this guy was kind of a jerk, right, you know, right. <laughs> um, which which I know sounds worse because those are the ones who, you know, deserve an explanation. But um, yeah, so he would, you know, try to text me. And after a while, I just kind of stopped responding to him. And he actually ended up after a couple of days messaging me and he just goes, hey, so I'm really not into ghosting. And I feel like this <laughs> isn't going anywhere. <laughs> like very blunt about it. Yeah, Good for I know. Him. I know. I, it's, it's one thing that I look back and I'm like, yeah, great. Good for you for, you know, calling me out. So he he just texted me and he said, hey, I'm, I'm really not into ghosting and it doesn't seem like this is going anywhere. So I just wanted to make sure that we both have closure. I wish you the best, you know, good luck. And I was like, oh, and I did respond. <laughs> I responded to that one, of course. And I was like, okay, thanks you too. And, <laughs> you know, that... That was it. <laughs> how, how many dates had you been on with him? Um, two or three. I can't remember. So it, it was definitely more than one, but not a ton of dates. So why why not just even reach out and tell him that that emotional connection wasn't there? Like, what was it that made you feel, you know, that you didn't want to do that? 
I, I think I, you know, and, and I've been through a lot of therapy since then, and I've done a lot of work on myself and it had nothing to do with him. You know, it, it was more so just a matter of, uh, I, in my head, I didn't want to hurt his feeling. You know, I didn't mm. want to say mm. something mean. I didn't want to be the bad guy. It was, I guess, just an avoidance of conflict. What would you have wanted to say to him? And, you know, now I've gotten into the habit when I really know that it, this isn't somebody that I want to date. Uh, I, I even have a couple versions of the same text, you know, <laughs> saved yeah. in my phone. It helps. It does, yeah. You know, and a template. A te- yeah, a template. And I'll, I tweak it, you know, a little bit. But um, if that had happened today, you know, and I actually been going on dates actively and things really haven't been panning out. And so I, I do, especially when they're, you know, a decent person, I will just say something like, hey, uh, I had a really great time with you and you're a really great guy, but this just, you know, I'm not feeling the romantic connection that I'm looking for. I wish you the best, though. Take care. But what do you think you would have wanted to say to that guy in particular if you were being perfectly honest? About why things didn't work out. Yeah. Why? Our conversations were just surface. And and I felt like after, Mm -hmm. you know, after two to three dates, you should dig deeper. And he talked about work a lot. And they're just, it, it was, hey, how are you doing? Weather's been crazy. You know, just nothing deeper than that. And I, I had even tried right. to dig deeper with him a little bit and he would just brush it off. And so it just, it seemed like he wasn't a deep person. I crave that deeper connection. Got it. And then with the other notable one <laughs> that called you out, was it a similar situation or was it a different scenario? That actually we, um, that's my ex-boyfriend. And oh. I, yeah, I had ghosted him several times. Okay. <laughs> um, and it was, I mean, that was like the, the peak of bad behavior. And it was interesting because he and I had kind of connected, you know, we started dating at the very beginning of my therapy journey. And so he kind of went on this journey with me. And there would be times where um, it just, it, it felt too intense. That was almost the exact opposite where, mm. you know, we had this really strong connection at the very beginning and it freaked me out and I was running from it and so I would just stop responding to him we we went on a date had a really great date and then he wanted to go on a second date and I like freaked and I just didn't respond and then mm, wow. yeah that was and then I got drunk one night and I like you know called him and it was this <laughs> it was so bad <laughs> the resurrection yeah, right? alcohol <laughs> that's how to make amends if you right. ghost yeah and it's it's funny though because after kind of this me doing this a couple times, he was like, I would like to ask you out on another date. But every time I do that, you just ghost. Mm. And so he really like called me out on it. And I was in the aviation industry at the time. So I kind of jokingly was like, Oh, yeah, you know, like dating people in the aviation industry, you have to be careful because we're a flight risk. Uh, (laughs) 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 He was able, I think he and I have talked about it, you know, since then, when we, you know, we're in a relationship, we talked about kind of that beginning. And for him, he felt that connection, too. And he was like, usually, I just would have left it alone. But because we did both feel that connection, it was something that he did continue to pursue. Mm. And I think that because he kind of took that community, like he opened the door to the communication. And even when when I told him like, yeah, I kind of, you know, tend to be a flight risk. And it was like, after he called me out on it, and after he opened up that communication, it really allowed for me to let him know when I'm feeling kind of flighty, you know, and so he Mm. could like, you know, we would take a step back and he was very patient with me. And he was, you know, just just really great about kind of 
reading me and and meeting me at my comfort level, which isn't something I mean, I feel like if you get ghosted, like you have every right to just walk away and never talk to that person again. But if you do feel that stronger connection with somebody, and it is something that you want to pursue it, he was really able to open up that communication line. And it was something that then became um, something that we could both work on, you know, and he was very patient with me about it. So I take that you did not ultimately ghost right. him in no. this relationship. Okay, good. I <laughs> no, thought that came around. Yeah. It's like, wow, that's brutal. No, that would have been- you ghost someone you've been together with. <laughs> and then three years later, I ghosted yeah. him. Yeah. And I you know, he asked me what was for dinner and I just never texted back. <laughs> no, no. And that's, I've never been in like a real, you know, in a relationship relationship where we've kind of were established. We've gotten past the dating phase. I I've never ghosted somebody. Not that there's any okay or appropriate time to ghost someone, but got it. So it's more like the early stages. And it sounds like from what I'm gathering, it's when you're avoiding situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether that's that you're just not interested or that you're overwhelmed by how interested <laughs> you may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that avoidance of and I think it's it's conflict, it's rejection. You know, there's there's a lot going on there and all of it had to do with me and like my fears and my personal hang ups. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter what type of person that other person was. It had nothing to do with who they were as a person and everything to do with kind of my shortcomings. Do you describe identify as having avoidant attachment style? I actually have um, not avoidant. What is it? Anxious? It's no, like where you're kind of. Is it um, fearful avoidant? Fearful avoidant. Yeah. So sometimes okay. it, it can kind of go both ways. Um, and now I, I do lean a lot more secure again that that's you know years of therapy I'm 31 right now I started therapy when I was 26 or 27 and that's regular therapy where there have been times where I've gone multiple times a week once a week you know so this has been years of therapy now to where I would describe myself as being much more on the secure attachment side Mm. yeah before there was kind of a a fearful avoidant attachment style yeah fearful avoidant I think is like the six percent like the lowest (laughs) of the group oh shit look at you (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'm just special I'm in the six (laughs) percent how did it feel the times that you ghosted someone did you feel any remorse did you feel bad or did you get to a point where you did it enough that you just were just numb to it yeah um there was definitely never a time where I like numbed to it it was you know I always felt guilty I always knew that like this wasn't the right thing to do. And it was really an inability to face conflict. You Mm. know, I was so non-confrontational. And there have been some things, you know, in my childhood that really made me very conflict avoidant that just, you know, seeped into everyday things. Um, But yeah, I, I always felt bad. I always, you know, it was something that I I wish I could have had better communication skills, uh, you know, in those moments. But I just, I didn't know how to communicate something that was contrary to what the people, you know, that I was interacting with wanted to hear. That was a very Mm. difficult thing for me. And did you find that you were like conflict avoidant in other parts of life too, like with family and friends? Do you ever like equivalent of ghosts? Like if there was like an issue, would you just kind of not confront it? (laughs) Yeah, it's funny too, because even uh, growing up, um, my I wasn't just known as like a dating ghoster, even in my family dynamic, like if there was a conflict in the house that didn't have anything to do with me, 
Mm. It was like my dad would sometimes make comments that like there would kind of just be that tension in the house and then all of a sudden I would disappear. Mm. And it was just I wasn't comfortable with it. And conflict in general was not my forte. (laughs) Um, And I think in most every part of my life except, you know, business. But when it came to, you know, personal, you know, friendships, stuff like that. um, You just run away. Yeah, I was a, I was a runner. Yeah, I was a flight risk. <laughs> <laughs> and did, all those years of ghosting, did you ever run into someone that you ghosted? No. Well, lucky you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they saw you and they were like, oh, that's a girl that ghosted me. I'm going to run away. So have you ever been ghosted? Like flip side. You know what's really funny is I just got ghosted this week. Oh, well, <laughs> karma is a bitch, isn't it? How did how did you feel? Like, were you like, I get it? Or were you like disappointed still? I mean, yes, both. <laughs> uh, we had been, I think I had found him on Hinge, Hinge or Tinder. But we had had a good conversation for about three weeks. And he asked for my phone number. And so we, you know, took it offline to, you know, phone number and we were just texting and he asked me to go get drinks. I didn't, this wasn't Mm -hmm. even, you know, me pushing it, but he asked me to get drinks and I told him, Hey, yeah, like I'm, uh, he actually asked me to coffee. And so I told him I'm free on Sunday morning if you're available. And I haven't heard from him (laughs) since. This coming Sunday or? The Sunday there. Oh, okay, yeah, got it. it. So, All right. So you're like, ample time has gone by. <laughs> right. Yeah. That conversation was Thursday. I think for me, when I get ghosted, I have a little bit more empathy mm. than I think a lot of people tend to get upset. But I mean, I didn't do anything. You know, it wasn't the conversation was going great. I right. can look at that and, and see that it, you know, I was literally, it was just a response to his question. And so I think it might be easier for me to kind of empathize. And also we're getting out of COVID. And I know that just in general right now, meeting up is scary Mm -hmm. and daunting for some people. So I think a little bit of grace goes a long way, even if you're not a previous ghoster. (laughs) Okay, let's take a quick break from all this great discussion for a few messages. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. 
with a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.com style slash datable. That is armoire.style spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast exit interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? <laughs> There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Were there any other reasons that you would ghost outside? I mean, obviously, conflict avoidance was the big one, and then just this overwhelmed feeling. Was there ever like a time, for instance, that you got in a relationship with someone else, or you started pursuing another person, you didn't want to have that convo with someone? Or was it, were there anything else you can think of? No, um... I And see, I, I don't typically like date multiple people at the same time because mm. I know that does come up sometimes where people don't want to have that conversation of, hey, I found somebody better. But I have thought about, I, I think for me, the way that I kind of amp myself up to have conflicts is nowadays I do spend a lot of time saying, okay, what if? Like I have to have a plan before the conflict even happens. And so I have thought about that even. What would I do if, you know, if I did have feelings for another person. And I think in the end, like it, I don't think it necessarily matters what your reason is for not wanting to talk Mm -hmm. to them, you know, but to just be able to give somebody closure in general, you don't have to, you know, write a a dear diary to them. (laughs) (laughs) But just even a generalized, hey, this is, you know, this is how I'm feeling and to do it respectfully. And you don't have to give them the X, Y, and Z of, of why it's not working out right. unless they ask for it right. and then unless you're comfortable. 
And then I know, obviously, years and years of therapy, like what got you to that revelation, though, that like, this actually isn't that big a deal to send this text? I think it was it was small practices in having my own boundaries, you know, small, okay, what, why are you feeling this way? Because I feel like if I give somebody a boundary in general, like, I feel like they're just going to explode. And, and it was like, oh, as I spoke this out loud to my therapist about like, okay, well, how do you feel? What do you feel like is going to happen? And then I'd be like, oh, like they're going to hate me. And oh, but is it the worst thing in the world? Because you don't, you're wanting to end something with somebody anyway. So even if they do dislike you, you know, and it was just kind of coming to that realization that this worst case scenario, it'll be okay, even not everyone has to like you. And so it just got to the point where it was just taking those small steps. Um, And I even would start setting little boundaries in the beginning. Like, uh, actually, there was one thing, Julie, that you had said in a previous podcast about kind of setting boundaries early and just telling them even before it gets to the in person about, hey, I'm not always comfortable, like with physical touch Mm. in in the beginning, uh, just so you know, like for the first few dates. Mm -hmm. And so even to just set little boundaries and see how they're responding to that. Um, And then it was like, oh, people don't react the way I thought in my head. Mm. You know, they're not acting outlandish. And they're, I mean, the vast majority of the time now when I just, hey, I'm not interested. Good luck. It's like, oh, thanks, you too. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) There's no conflict. It's not a big deal. You're like, they actually probably like me more than if I just ghosted, (laughs) you know? Right. Right. (laughs) Was there any one particular instance that made you want to become a reformed ghoster something big or like a big event or just a culmination of all these events i think it was it was a culmination of those events um it i think it it really started with just kind of being frustrated that i everything would get pent up for me you know mm. like i'm not speaking any needs i'm not speaking my boundaries. I'm not, you know, letting people know when I'm uncomfortable with them, when I don't want to see them anymore. And it was just that kind of me not really being able to, I guess, exist in my own space or feeling comfortable existing. And so I think it was just more a culmination of of everything and, and really just and even in my family dynamic, like we're not a family of communicators, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, if there's a conflict in my family, you know, with our parents or something, it's just, okay, everyone stays radio silence until we're upset. No. Or until we're done upset. I just didn't have a good toolbox, you know, mm-hmm. of, of communication devices to begin with. And so I think as an adult, part of being an adult is, you know, kind of realizing what you do have to work with and and finding the tools that you need to kind of be an upstanding member of, you know, of society and just being to be dateable. Right, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To be dateable. But I think a lot of people struggle with this. I think at the root of it is that we are not talk communication. Mm -hmm. And we have this built up I don't know. I always think it's like funny when people like send the text message though, like when you don't actually, like if you haven't initiated and then someone sends the text that's like, hey, I don't think this is going to be a fit. Like that almost like feels like preemptive to Mm me. Like what is your thought about like double ghosting? Like if neither party makes a move, (laughs) do we think that's ghosting or do we think that's just proper (laughs) etiquette to let it fade out? You know? It's funny because that's happened to me uh, relatively recently recently too, where we were texting after, even after the date. Um, and then we just, 
you know, it was like, okay, good night. And then neither one of us texted and the next morning and I was kind of ready to send that text, but I got the vibe that, you know, the date was just kind of cold. And so I was like, well, if yeah. he's interested, then I'll, I'll tell him. But I almost felt like it was mutual. And so I was ready to, you know, send the, the text template. <laughs> um, but he never ended up reaching out either. And honestly, like, I know for me, who's very fearful of conflict, even now, I was just kind of like, touch that bullet, you know? Right. But there was, it's a weird line to draw because at some point it is ghosting and at, at some point it's just completely unnecessary communication oh totally so where, yeah. where do you draw the line I feel like regardless of where you are in dating with, with this person I feel like there is always a good the other person always deserves some sort of closure even if it is maybe a little earlier on, but it doesn't have to be like, hey, I just don't see us having a connection. It could just be I've had a really great time with you. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe I'm just not in a maybe I just don't see us as a fit. But thank you for for the time that we spent together. I feel like everyone deserves a little bit of closure. Yeah, I don't know. My personal take is like, if someone's not reaching out, there's no need to like, reach out and tell them it's not a fit. I think there is like a little bit that's unspoken, because then that also gets into the boundaries of like, what about just every message that's sent on a dating app? If you don't reply to that, mm -hmm. is that ghosting? Like, I think, I don't know. I don't know where the line is. In today's world, that could be a lot of messages you have to send to like every last person. I think if you've gone on an actual date and someone is actively reaching out and you choose not to reply, that to me is the definition of ghosting. But that's my opinion. Well, only. ghosting is the practice of ending a personal relationship with someone. So I would argue that the text that you exchange back and forth on dating apps, it's not really a personal relationship yet. Yeah. It's yeah. a virtual, it's a app relationship, but it doesn't really count yet. I, I agree on that. I mean, I guess like from your experience, Kendra, what piece of wisdom would you have for someone that's struggling th with this also? They tend to ghost because they don't want to face conflict. Like what would you tell them from your reformed ghosting? <laughs> I, I would say to definitely get a template, uh, you know, prepare something. And I mean, there are so many resources online that that will even show you, which I've, I've looked up, I've talked to friends about this, you know, uh, crowdsource, you know, but do something because not only is it going to give you and that other person closure, but they'll respect you more. And I think that you are being a more kind person if you let them know, you know, rather than making them wonder, giving them anxiety, because I think at the end of the day, the vast majority of ghosters, they're not doing it because they're jerks. They're just doing it because right. they don't communicate well um, and that, you know, that can be a work in progress. So I, I would definitely say to if, if you struggle with it, have something prepared. So, you know, have it in, in your mind that, you know, this is the kind being kind is giving them that closure. It's not mean to tell them, hey, this isn't working out. It's it is mean to ghost, though. It's I think that there is a level of just having general respect for other humans um, and giving them that verbalized closure that they need. Yeah. How specific do you think the closure should be? Because I'm thinking about your first example. You felt like you weren't connecting on a deeper level and you felt like he was a little surface level. 
Is that something, if you had to go back in time and write this closure text, is that something <laughs> we should be pointing out? Or is it just, I just don't see as being a good fit? Because personally, if I were him, that's great feedback. I wish right. I would get that feedback so I know not to be like that on, on future dates. Or I would think, oh, well, Kendra, I can go deeper. Like, give me another chance. <laughs> right. right. So yeah. I, I feel like in that circumstance, that kind of feedback is sort of necessary. And there, uh, I've even talked to my therapist about this too. Uh, and I think it depends also what level of investment did they have in you? I think if mm. you went on one or two dates, I don't think you necessarily owe them much. If you want to, and if you feel comfortable, then yeah. I, and I know I had this conversation with a guy too, where we literally went on one date together and it was to the mall food court. <laughs> oh. There was no money spent on oh, either that. end. And not that not that money dictates anything at all. But I mean, it was a very right, low right. investment. And so at the end of it, he had asked me to go on another date. And I, you know, sent the, the, the template text. Hey, I had a good time getting to know you. I don't think this is a great fit. Good luck, though. And he was like, okay, but, you know, was it my looks? Was it, you know, my personality? Oh, for clarification. He did. And, and I, what did you say? So I, I did respond to him and I was like, hey, you know, you, like I said on our date, you're a very good looking guy. You're very funny, but I just don't feel like we want the same things in life. He like, he wanted a tiny home and he wanted to live off grid. And I like mm. want to live in suburbia mm. with, you know, a white picket fence and have kids. Super fair. Yeah. yeah and that's and Fair. so I told him that and he he was like, okay. And he kind of kept asking for more. And so at that point, I felt like I had given him enough information. Um, and we actually didn't even exchange phone numbers, which was nice. So I just kind of removed him from Hinge at that point. Um, so I don't know if anyone would consider that ghosting. To me, I felt like I let him know this is the reason, you know, we don't have the same long-term goals. And when he kept kind of pestering, that got to the point where it's like, no. that's, that's intense and a little aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little aggressive. I definitely don't think that's <laughs> ghosting. I mean, you told him, but I, I know this, this is the tr the challenge though, because I've had that happen to me too, is like you give a reason mm -hmm. and then they just keep going. People mm -hmm. are like trying to prove you wrong. <laughs> and I feel like for the most part, people have kind of made up their mind yeah. by then, unless there is like, I don't know, I'm sure there's an exception to a rule somewhere, but I feel like for the most part, people are like, no, this isn't a fit. I don't know. I am, I, I question it too, because I think a lot of people struggle with this, They're wasn't an emotional connection or like any of like the blanket mm -hmm. ones like it's not you it's me <laughs> like all these like ones and it's like what do these really mean like what can I actually learn from them so I don't know I do struggle with this of like it would be a great utopian world to like provide that feedback but also like you don't want to be attacked from yeah. it either and I mean it worked out with my ex though too that that was mm -hmm. definitely a situation where it was almost the opposite like I was kind of going because I wasn't like I felt a strong connection with him and that was scary to me um and right. so his digging in that situation it actually helped us and we you know True. I mean in the end obviously he is my ex now um, so it didn't end up working out but I mean we had a really good fulfilling relationship for a little while and so I think that's definitely yeah that blanket statement can be hard to hear and I think that if you're on the receiving end of, you know, the template text, and you want more information, I don't think it hurts to ask. But I also think just be prepared for whatever the other person responds and also make sure that you're being respectful to them about 
their feedback. Right. If you're going to ask, definitely don't like fight <laughs> someone on it either. Because I think I've I've seen that happen too, that they're like, well, I'm not like yeah. this and I'm not like that. If you're asking for feedback, take the yeah. feedback. Yeah, that's, that's hard because we be careful what you wish for. <laughs> Right. (laughs) And you can take that feedback however you want. But I would say 90% of the time, the feedback is, I'm just not attracted to you. I just don't see, there's just no chemistry, or I just don't see us being a good fit. That is 90% of the time. You experienced something that was 10% of the time, which is right. our connection was too deep. <laughs> it was too overwhelming. Right. But I feel like that's that's a very rare circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the whole um, emotional connection is super interesting, that that definitely seems to be a reason why people end it. I think almost sometimes, I don't know, I think dating apps maybe it probably depends on how many dates you've been on before you get ghosted. Like if it's like date one and then you get ghosted, and maybe because you didn't match whatever vision someone had. But if you've gone out a couple of times, usually there's like enough physical attraction. Mm -hmm. It's probably that it isn't going deeper. I guess like from those people, what feedback would you offer that's a little more constructive than just like we didn't have an emotional connection? That's a really good question. And actually that has happened to me where I've been on the receiving end after going on dates for a month and Mm. which was wild to me because it was the first time that anyone had ever told me uh, that they didn't have an emotional connection with me. I mean, I'm the type of person that like, I'll be on the subway and somebody will tell me their whole life story, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and I have a lot of really deep connections with everybody in my life. And so it was very jarring to me to hear that from him. And I even asked him, I was like, what do you mean? Like, what emotional connection are you looking for? Because, you know, I feel like we've only gone on, you know, three dates and we We've been seeing each other for a month. So I don't know what you're expecting. And he couldn't verbalize it to me. And that was, again, one of those points where I asked for more feedback. And I wasn't getting the feedback that I wanted. But at that point, you have to be able to respect, okay, you know, this person has made up their mind. And I, you know, I did, I wanted to dig deeper, because I actually really did like the guy. Um, And I Mm. thought he was really great. But I because I like him, I also respect him as a person. And I respect that he is an autonomous human being, you know, with his own decision making process. Mm -hmm. And if he didn't feel comfortable sharing that with me, then it's obviously not a match, right? If they if they can't express something to you, then that's probably probably not a good fit then. And so we just kind of let it go and went our own separate ways. So I think if you're on the receiving end of that, it just comes down to respecting other people's boundaries and and kind Mm -hmm. of removing your pain, you know, from that situation in order to just just be kind to another person doing a difficult thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And what if you're the getting ghosted? Like I've definitely been in situations that you want to send another text and another text as (laughs) someone that's, you know, the ghoster. What advice would you have for someone that's getting ghosted? I would honestly to just not say not take it personally. It has absolutely nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with that person, especially, I mean, if you're reaching out to them, if you are, you know, I would say think about your other relationships in your life, you know, are are other people connecting with you? Because most likely they are, you know, most likely you do have really great connections with other people. And that's probably a good sign that it really just has absolutely nothing to do with you. uh, And, and everything to do with whatever hang up that person might have, whether that's a long standing hang up, whether it's something they're going through in the moment it's usually them related, you know, and and not not to do with you, which stinks. And it sucks. And it still doesn't make the hurt, you know, 
any less, but I think it's best to just kind of step back from the situation at that time. Kendra, we're going to give you a platform right now because, you know, (laughs) we reach our reach is pretty wide. I'm not going to, you know, brag too much, but a lot of people listen to this and a lot of people are going to listen to this episode because it's about ghosting. and Everybody has experience (laughs) with ghosting. If you could use your platform right now to speak to one of the people you've ghosted in the past to reconcile or to explain why you ghosted, do you have someone in mind and what would you say to them? right now. Oh, no. You know, it's been so long since I've ghosted somebody. Um. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> right. That's a good thing. <laughs> that's growth. Hashtag right. growth. <laughs> um, I think, honestly, for me, it doesn't, there isn't one particular person that I've ghosted that stands out. But I think that even more is a testament to the fact that it had nothing to do with them. So, hey, if I've ever ghosted you, <laughs> it had nothing to do with you. You know, I think it's um, if I if I did ever ghost you, it didn't have anything to do with you. And it didn't have, you know, anything to do with the shortcoming of you. But it was 100% my own personal shortcomings and my own discomforts and things that I was dealing with. So it doesn't make make you any less of a person. If anything, it made me less of a, a solid person right. at that time and and not in a healthy mindset, but that's all, all me and, and not you. Well, that is a great segue <laughs> to takeaways because I think we've said this before, like we've hypothesized a lot of times that this is why people ghost. And I think hearing it from you directly as someone that admits they've done this before, that it really has nothing to do with the other person is so powerful. So I think people like the next time that they're experiencing this, no action and no words is communication or no communication is communication. And I think so many times we want closure from something of why did this person drop off the face of the universe? And why did they ghost me? And what went wrong and all that? And in a way, it almost doesn't matter. All that matters is that it's not happening. We can just remember this conversation that it probably is something they're going through. The reality is after a couple dates, you don't know someone that well. You really don't know what's going on. You don't know what their childhood upbringing was. You don't know, you know, what else is happening in their life. If there's someone else in the picture or they've been, you know, a fearful avoidant <laughs> all their life. Like there's so many things that you just don't know. And I think knowing that it doesn't have to do with you. And ultimately, if you feel that you are a strong communicator, why would you want to be with someone in that position? And it's not saying they're a bad person. Look at you. You clearly have done the work and you've done the growth and you won't do it now. But you also don't want to take someone on when they need to do that work for themselves. Mm -hmm. My takeaway is maybe a really good question on dates is how do you handle conflict? Yeah, yeah. I like How that. did you grow up handling conflict? If there was conflict in your household, how would everybody react to it? Because mm-hmm. it's very telling. Mm-hmm. The way you told that story, Kendra, I kind of had to think back to my childhood and if my parents were fighting, hell yeah, I run away. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to mm-hmm. be part of this. And if they were mad at me, I would hide. Mm-hmm. I would find yes. every dark corner <laughs> or somewhere on the playground. I've run away so many times from home. My 
My mom spanked me so hard this one time. I ran away while she was taking a nap. I was like seven years old. I got on the bus and went all the way across town to my other grandma's house. Damn. And my mom freaked the fuck out. And I realized now, now thinking back to that moment is because I was raised to run away from conflict. Yeah. Yep. And so that explains why I've ghosted. And I would argue that most people have ghosted. So my second takeaway is the best thing you can do in situations of ghosting is to not ghost yourself. Okay, don't do it. You can only control your own actions. Other people can ghost you, whatever. You can't control what they're doing. But at least for you, know that to be a decent human being, don't ghost. Just don't do it. At least you can control yourself and your karma can be a clean slate while other people experience whatever they will need to experience in this lifetime. So I really appreciate those stories, Kendra, because those are the two that really bubbled up for me. Uh, (laughs) Any other takeaways about ghosting? No, I think just I would say the one thing is that if you are being ghosted that I really want to drive home because I know it's it's hurtful is to really just remember it doesn't have anything to do with you, the person mm-hmm. being ghosted. And it, it probably has to do with them. And they're probably doing you a favor because I know when I was ghosting, I was not in a, in a place where I was, you know, doing anybody any favors. And I probably wasn't a good partner at the time anyways. So and when you're with that great partner, because we know eventually you will be, you won't even remember the <laughs> names of all these people that ghosted nope. you. Right. Nope. Nope, exactly. Well, for all of our listeners, if you have been ghosted by Kendra, (laughs) feel free to reach out to us and we'll have you (laughs) confront her on our show. Oh, that would be great. I'm so open to it, too. (laughs) Part two. Let's do it. She is. Uh, So, you know, we're not joking about this. If you want to confront your ghoster or if you want to bring on your ghostee to reconcile a relationship, we are more more than happy to give you a platform to do so. But first and foremost, thank you, Kendra, for using this platform to talk about your reformed (laughs) ghoster status. It's so nice to see that growth and change. I think you are officially reformed. We were going to yes. assess it at the beginning, but I think you you passed the yes, test. I'm so happy. <laughs> yes. The fact that you said you haven't ghosted anyone in a, lo- in a long time and you couldn't remember someone to even give them a shout out to. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. A step in the right direction. Uh, And for all of our listeners, again, we are also uh, very thankful for all of you who have given us a good review in Apple Podcasts. We won't ghost you. That is the opposite of ghosting. It is reviewing. So if you could give us five stars in Apple Podcasts, it really helps us not only get some awesome guests such as Kendra and also helps us support the podcast because we do not um we do not we do not make money from this podcast but it, there are there are expenses to keep the show running and it really helps when we have these reviews because then sponsors come in they go hmm they're legit we'll support them for these episodes and that's how the podcasting industry works you're welcome <laughs> so five stars in apple podcast with a little blurb of why you love us we always love reading those okay well we're gonna wrap this up Stay The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag Stay Dateable and trust us, we look at all those posts. 
then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. 